Coming up in this episode, the best of Target USA 2016. Just contrasting ISIS and Russia. ISIS has a very, very malignant malign intent towards the West and towards the United States. But they don't have uh, the capability, fortunately, at least at this point, uh, in terms of destructive power that Russia has. Russia, in contrast, has huge capabilities, which if they chose to unleash, could uh, render huge harm to this country. Director of National Intelligence James Clapper and other top U.S. intelligence officials. They, along with other guests, break down some of the top national security stories of 2016. All coming up on this edition of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Target USA is brought to you by TrueCar. In order to feel comfortable that you're getting a fair price, you need pricing context, information that empowers you to feel confident. With TrueCar, you'll see what other people in your local market paid for the car you want. From there, you can connect with a local TrueCar certified dealer and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Using TrueCar, you can easily find the car you want. Once you register, you'll see real pricing on actual inventory. This is competitive pricing offered to you only by a TrueCar certified dealer for an actual vehicle on their lot. It's pricing you'll see before going to a dealership, so you can feel confident when you show up. TrueCar users save an average of $3,000 off MSRP. More than 3 million cars have been sold to TrueCar users by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. TrueCar users save an average of more than $3,000 off MSRP. More than 3 million cars have been sold to TrueCar users by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. And there are more than 13,000 TrueCar Certified Dealers nationwide. So when you're ready to buy, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. San Bernardino. An act of terrorism. Paris. An attack on all of humanity. The Islamic State. I'm back, Obama. They want you to imagine them in the shadows. Hostile nation states. Can inflict mortal damage to the United States. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. This is the best of Target USA. Our first two episodes feature Director of National Intelligence, James Clapper, and he prophetically set the tone for our coverage of two of the biggest stories, not just of the year, but of the century. The rise of the Islamic State terror group and the return of the Cold War. Almost every morning here in Washington, the Director of National Intelligence goes to the White House to brief the President about the threats and the challenges the U.S. is facing. It's called the President's Daily Briefing. And Clapper gave us a look at his office at how he gets prepared to do that. Get up at, you know, 5, 5.30 and start right away reading the news clips and that sort of thing. Get in the car. 
protective detail brings me in and I start reading the uh, iPad that we have for President's Daily Brief. And Clapper, who's been gathering intelligence for more than a half century, says what he's seeing now is not good. In the 50-plus years, I don't know the time when we've been beset by a more diverse array of challenges and crises uh, around the world. Uh, sometimes it al- almost makes you long for the halcyon days of the Cold War and uh, a single all-consuming adversary, the Soviet Union, which we came to understand pretty well and which was fairly predictable. And all other threats were subsumed in that one major threat. Now it's very, very diverse, very fragmented, and you have this array of nation-state challenges in the form of Russia, China, North Korea, Iran, and non-nation-state entities, Uh, you know, the whole range of uh, terrorist groups, ISIS, Al-Qaeda, etc. ISIS is uh, unique in that it has uh, taken on the accoutrements or characteristics or traits of a nation-state, but it really isn't a nation-state. There are upsides, and depending on your point of view, upsides and downsides to that, but what that does give us, I believe, are um, vulnerabilities that uh, we can exploit. And while the U.S. has been looking for vulnerabilities to exploit, so are its adversaries. And in some cases, the U.S. has unwillingly and unwittingly helped them out. It was May of 2013. My name's Ed Snowden. I'm uh, 29 years old. I work for Booz Allen Hamilton as an infrastructure analyst for NSA. He turned the U.S. intelligence community upside down when he leaked thousands of classified documents to the press. It unleashed a firestorm of criticism against the U.S. government for overreach. Since then, the U.S. has sought to be more open about its intelligence practices. Which is good from the standpoint of, within our own country, promoting transparency. And we've done a lot to be more transparent, to explain to the American people and their elected representatives what we do, why we do it, and most importantly, how it is oversighted. But that is a double-edged sword. The downside, of course, is when we expose what we do, well, others capitalize on it. And that's what's happened to us, particularly in the last two or three years. One U.S. intelligence source says the leaks have created a virtual university for the U.S.'s enemies. Since the transparency push began, terrorists have learned, among other things, how metadata can be used to track them out here on the streets. They've also learned end-to-end encryption. In a nutshell, they've managed to use the rights and freedoms of Americans to their advantage. I think it's a manifestation of life in this world and, and life in this country. We are a nation of, of immigrants, of people. We're made up of people who came from elsewhere in the world. That's been our tradition. Regrettably, the terrorists, most notably ISIS, is taking advantage of that. Clapper's referring to terrorist use of the U.S. immigration system to send people here to the U.S., as was the case in the run-up to the 9-11 attacks, or to recruit and radicalize those already here, which happened in San Bernardino. And it's illustrative of the susceptibility that some people have to being radicalized in ways that may not be visible, certainly not in ways that are visible to intelligence and law enforcement capabilities that that we're authorized to use. And therein lies the problem. The Islamic State caught the world by surprise, rising quickly, seemingly out of nowhere, killing, enslaving, raping, claiming to be the savior of Muslims. But what it is is a new phase of terrorism that is not a flash in the pan. I personally think we're going to be in this counter-extremist business for a long time. And he has an explanation for why he feels that way. 
what we're experiencing is manifestations of much deeper seated issues which are historical and have to do with deep-seated religious debates and differences, economic stresses. And he has a chilling warning. If it's not ISIS, it'll be something else uh, like it. He believes they will be defeated, but he cautions. It's not a good idea to zero in on one adversary at the expense of watching all the others. ISIL is not a mortal enemy of the United States. It can't inflict mortal damage to the United States. Russia can. Clapper is clear. He has no reason to believe Russia is planning something. But... Russia has embarked on a very uh, impressive campaign to modernize uh, their military in, in all its dimensions. That, that, that is a, a bother, that's a worry, and that's something we need to be um, concerned with. And there are legitimate reasons for that concern. Russia has huge capabilities, which if they chose to unleash, could render huge harm to this country and kill a lot of Americans. Here's something else to consider. In addition to the fact that Russia has more than 1,500 active nuclear warheads, U.S. intelligence sources have noticed a significant increase in the number of Russian spies on U.S. soil, some in non-traditional places. The same is true of some other countries. So there is a buildup underway, especially here in Washington. But it's not clear what they're up to. And that's what bothers Clapper most. The unknown unknown, what we don't know anything about. But what is clear is the U.S. is the target. It was here, on Capitol Hill, inside a crowded hearing room, that Clapper told the Senate Armed Services Committee Russia's beginning to act a lot like the old USSR. The Russians fundamentally are paranoid about, uh, about NATO. Uh, they're greatly concerned about uh, being contained and, uh, of course, very, very concerned about uh, missile defense, which would serve to neuter what is their, the essence of their claim to great power status, which is their, their nuclear arsenal. And that paranoia that Clapper referred to appears to be the underpinning of Russian President Vladimir Putin's increasingly confrontational posture with the U.S. It was highlighted in a speech in March of 2014, where he said the collapse of the Soviet Union was the greatest geopolitical tragedy of the 20th century. And Clapper essentially told the Congress the handwriting for him appears to be on the wall. A lot of these aggressive things that uh, the Russians are doing for a number of reasons, uh, great power status uh, to create the image of being co-equal with the United States, etc., uh, I think could probably could possibly go on and we could be into another uh, Cold War-like spiral here. One of the hallmarks of the Cold War was puppet governments set up by the Soviet Union. That doesn't appear to be the case this time. At least, not yet. But there is evidence they may be headed in that direction. Out of the growing crisis in Ukraine, Russia sent more troops, tanks, and military vehicles into eastern Ukraine today to support pro-Russian So what rebels. is Russia up to and what should the U.S. expect from it? Retired General Mike Flynn, former head of the Defense Intelligence Agency, and the incoming National Security Advisor, for President-elect Donald Trump explained it to us. 
if you look even at the 2008 time frame on the attack into Abkhazia and Ossetia in the state of Georgia, you know, those those Russian forces are still there in those two places, even though there was a discussion afterwards to, to pull out, to, to ask them to pull out. They're still there. So we shouldn't expect Russia to pull out of where they're at right now in the Ukraine. And not only is Russia making waves out in the open, but it's very active, undercover. Randy Coleman, Assistant Director of Counterintelligence at the FBI. We talk about, uh, amongst the U.S. intelligence community, this asymmetric threat, right? It's not your typical uh, intelligence officers that are that are here under diplomatic cover, you know, the normal, what somebody thinks of as a spy. What we're seeing is researchers uh, and business uh, men and women, students that are coming to the United States that are actually collecting information and taking it back overseas with them. This is the 45th episode of Target USA, which launched on March 3rd of 2016, a year dominated by terrorist attacks and activities. Eight of the next nine episodes focused on terrorism. National Counterterrorism Center Director Nicholas Rasmussen put it into context. When I've talked publicly or, or to members of Congress about the terrorist threat that we face, is I, I point to some positive things. Um, we've had great success over time at constraining the, the capability of al-Qaeda, the, the, the group that carried out the 9-11 attack, constraining their ability to carry out large mass casualty attacks, uh, including potentially here in the homeland. I think we've had a great deal of success at shrinking the, the, the size of that potential threat. But at the same time, the, the kind of growth of al-Qaeda affiliate organizations and then the growth of ISIL, uh, the Islamic State in, in Iraq and the Levant, um, that has created a situation in which we have more terrorist actors coming at us from more, um, di- a more diverse array of places and, and, and locations around the globe. And that does affect our mission because we are stretched, uh, I would argue, um, perhaps more thinly than we were at an earlier stage um, in the post-9-11 period. In my particular case here at NCTC, we, we have analysts responsible for covering key terrorist groups in key parts of the world. In some cases, they're spread more thinly now than they were perhaps uh, five, six, seven years ago when we could perhaps narrow our focus to a, a few more um, hot spots around the globe. In the process of focusing on external terror threats, the insider threat showed up again. NSA Deputy Director Rick Leggett told us the Edward Snowden leaks have made it easier for terrorists and others to attack the U.S. The information that uh, Snowden leaked uh, caused immediate risk and long-term risk to the um, to the safety of, uh, of Americans around the world um, and our friends and allies. We track uh, through our intelligence sources um, people who talk about, hey, uh, you know, I've, I've seen this stuff that's been published about what NSA does, and I'm concerned about it because now I'm vulnerable, so I need to change the way that I communicate. We've seen targets talk about that uh, to the in, the in the high hundreds, close to a thousand targets who've done that. You mean bad people? Yeah, yeah, people who are, who are legitimate foreign intelligence targets uh, of the United States. Um, and so... Um, they have said, I need to change my, uh, my, the way that I communicate in order to avoid uh, being detected by NSA. And a lot of them have actually done that. And that includes um, terrorist groups, including um, uh, at least one terrorist group that was actively engaged in operational pl- plans directed against the United States. Legit never said which group it was. But we know another group has posed a significant challenge to the U.S. And Deputy CIA Director David Cohen 
addressed it. The Islamic State presents a serious threat uh, to the United States and to our allies. Uh, we are working very closely with partners around the world uh, and across the, the U.S. government uh, to do a number of different things with respect to, uh, to ISIL. You know, number one uh, is to protect the United States. Um, ISIL has an external operations cadre. We have seen it execute attacks in Paris. Uh, it has executed attacks outside of uh, the Iraq-Syria environment over the past year. Um, and you know, our foremost uh, responsibility is to protect the United States. And so we're working you know, day and night uh, to try as best we can to understand how this external operations network operates, who's involved, where they are, how they operate, and how we can disrupt their, uh, their operations. In addition to terrorism and espionage focused on the U.S., there's outright aggression and the story of North Korea. Ambassador Joe Detrani, former U.S. mission manager on North Korea, laid it out in stark detail. North Korea has made significant progress over the years in missile technology and in their nuclear capabilities, both plutonium-based and uranium-enriched-based nuclear weapons. North Korea is also working on miniaturization, and they're working on mating a miniaturized nuclear device to one of their missiles. That, by definition, makes North Korea's nuclear program an existential threat to the region because they have no dongs and, and scuds that could reach allies like Japan. Detrani later told us, North Korea is very close to developing a missile that can reach the whole of the United States. And the most moving story of 2016 that we covered was related to North Korea as well. It was the escape of Grace Joe and her family. For Grace Joe's family, 1998 was the last straw. My grandmother, my bro younger brothers, um, they all passed away because of starvation. For six-year-old Grace and her younger brother, the food situation was extremely dire. My younger brother and I was were almost like uh, 10 days starved straight. Uh, we only drank uh, cold water and uh, there's no meal we can find. The public farms uh, we cannot find any small potatoes from the farm because other people, they already like found them. And um, the winter time, we can find like wood to burn and keep house warm. We don't have any food, we don't have any money, and there's no way we can make money either. This has been the best of Target USA 2016. You can go back and listen to all 44 of our other episodes. And coming up in our next episode. I think 2017 is going to be another difficult year from a terrorism perspective. Dr. Tricia Bacon, a former State Department counterterrorism official and now assistant professor, sets the scene for the coming year. I mean, I don't think a lot of the conditions have changed that led to the difficulties we've had in, in 2016. 
Um, and, and in the things that have changed, um, for example, the weakening of the Islamic State's um, territorial control don't affect its ability to execute and inspire terrorism. That's coming up in our next episode. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. The best in paranormal talk radio goes beyond the darkness, challenging everything you think you know about the paranormal. Check out new episodes of Beyond the Darkness every Monday on the Jericho Network, on the Podcast One app, or subscribe at iTunes or podcastone.com.